After tonight, we're not to be seen together. In a game of desire and deception. They're getting away with eight million dollars. Three's company. And four's a crowd. You don't think Ellie and Sam are gonna share that money? Oh my god, there's more to this story. There's no one to trust. Kevin Bacon, Matt Dillon, Nev Campbell. Don't touch me! I'd wanna keep a close eye on my new friends. She's gonna blow it. Wild things. Yeah, or wind up dead. Directed by John McNaughton, rated R. Opens everywhere March 20th. Welcome to So What's the Problem, where we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and today we'll be discussing Wild Thing, which was released in the US on March 20th, 1998, and the UK on May 15th, 1998. It was written by Stephen Peters and directed by John McNaughton. It stars Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon's penis, Matt Dillon, Nev Campbell, Den- <laughs> Denise Richards, Teresa Russell, Robert Wagner, and Bill Murray. That was a mouthful. Uh, Jimmy and I have thought of problems the movie has, three each, and we'll discuss Penis them. isn't that big. <laughs> we also have thought of one positive the movie has. And you also, you left out, um, I forgot her name, the detective. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was just writing names down from memory. I didn't know her name of memory. Daphne Rubin Vega. She was in the original cast cool. of Rent, and she actually, I think she won an award for this movie. So that's the main reason I wanted to mention her. And Jeff Perry. I like Jeff Perry. He's the boss, I think, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the synopsis for this movie is uh, Detective Ray Duquette investigates allegations of rape by two female students against Sam, a guidance counselor. He soon learns that nothing is as it seems when he begins keeping an eye on the trio. Yeah. If you watch the trailer for this movie, then um, you know what that means because it gives away the first twist, like in the trailer. Yeah. And the first twist doesn't happen for like what fifty minutes or something. something. Like that, yeah. But yeah, the trailer just gives away the first one, which is kind of the important one, really, because it sets it all off. Yeah. If you know that, then yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, what's your history with wild things? I saw it when it came out in the theater. I actually saw it at the drive-in, which I'm surprised they were showing this at the drive-in because people could be passing by on the highway and just see Denise Richards' boobs. Mm. But and that was also a night we ran out of gas, my friends and I. Uh, <laughs> so we had we had an adventurous evening. But yeah, I saw Wild Things because I probably because I like Nev Campbell, and it's one of mm-hmm. those things where like I liked it, but it was seen as like this trashy movie. So for years, I was like, I like this dumb movie. And then I rewatched it about 12 or 13 years ago and was like, no, this is actually a really good movie. And it's so funny because in doing my research, I realized it is seen as a good movie. Like it has a 63 on Rotten Tomatoes and Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Like it's not, it's just that it's known for women making out. And so it it's just... It's it it. I feel like most people think it's just this trashy movie, you know. Yeah. What's your history? Sort in cinema, probably because uh, because Nev Campbell's in it, and you know, Scream fan and all that. This was released in the UK in the same day as another Bill Murray movie, actually, uh, The Man Who Knew Too Little. Okay. And two weeks after Scream Two, 
in the UK. Okay. So I yeah, so I went to the cinema and saw Scream Two. Then two weeks later, I went and saw this one. <laughs> so two Nev Campbell movies in the same month. Yeah, I haven't hadn't seen it since. I think see, I say that I think I maybe watched it another one time since, but I don't know. I'm I'm never owned it or anything. I don't think I ever owned the DVD. Oh, I have the DVD. I didn't know there was an unrated version until today, and I'm really upset I don't have it. Yeah, um, Arrow, Arrow Video, Arrow, right, Arrow Video um, released it on um, Blu-ray, and you can get the unrated version. Uh, I was thinking about getting that, but I don't have any money at the moment. It was 20 quid. I could have bought that because it had like loads of extras on it. It's got commentaries and everything on it as well from the director. 1998 was a great year for the cinema for me. Because for three years in a row, I think it was three years. I think this is ninety eight was the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this this scheme where you could go and see a movie for one pound. It was like one Sunday in June for three years. It was uh, one pound you can go and see a movie. So I went and saw, and the one day I saw Mimic, Six Days Seven Nights, and The Wedding Singer. Mimic and Six Days Seven Nights were previews. But the wedding singer had been out for a couple of weeks, and that was a busy showing, which was weird. Uh, I'm only saying this because I can't pick any of those movies, <laughs> and I really wish they brought back that one pound thing. You can go and see three movies in a day, and it won't cost you three quid. Uh, so yeah, so in the cinema, and I think that's it. I'm not 100 percent sure. I just ordered the unrated version while you were talking. By the way, cool. <laughs> I need it. Yeah, why not? So you guys don't have like dollar theaters there at all? No. Because we, I don't know if we still do, but we always had dollar theaters where it was just like, they'd get the movies, you know, a few months after their initial run, but before they were out on home video and you would, it's just always a dollar. Yeah. I mean, there'll be an occasional thing where like in my hometown where I used to live until two years ago, they would have like screenings of movies where you could go, they usually do it during the summer. And they would be movies that would be out like a couple of, they'd been out a couple of weeks or whatever. Um, but then last year, was it last year? Two years ago, it's when I still lived there, I think, just when I'm coming out of COVID, um, they actually started having like recent movies. Like they had uh, Quiet Place Part 2. I saw that there. Um, but it was still like five quid or something. It wasn't, I mean, it was cheaper than going to the actual cinema Mm -hmm. because it would cost us money to travel there and stuff but no we don't usually have like a quid or dollar whatever so no so let us start our problems and i hope you've actually found problems i have i have in this movie you like uh so what is your first problem i'm conflicted about this problem my problem is the premise makes me uncomfortable it's a good movie and it's not even necessarily that I think maybe they shouldn't have done it, but just the idea of women lying about rape. Um, yeah. It just makes me, it makes me, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, the movie itself is fine, but it's the fact that there seems to be this idea amongst people, like especially men, that women lie about rape a lot. Yeah. While I do admit, like, I mean, we don't know the rates that, that it happens in just like more gossipy ways, right? Like somebody just telling their friends, oh, he raped me when he didn't. But as far as reporting rape goes, mm-hmm. it is like, I think, less than 1% mm-hmm. that it turns out are fake. 
um as as far as things that actually go to to court like or police reports filed or whatever it's such a small number and for some reason people have it in their head it's this huge number and so it's kind of like i'm i'm always a little uneasy with any pop culture that kind of like feeds into that the the idea that women lie about rape um yeah my dogs are barking um yeah <laughs> but it's it wouldn't be it wouldn't be podcast recording day if your dogs weren't barking jen it's fine well a lot of the times the the microphone doesn't pick them up which is shocking to me mm-hmm. but that time i could see it was picking them up um, yeah it usually does when i'm when, yeah you'd be you'd be shocked at how often i look at it and there's like nothing um mm-hmm. anyway the just that kind of rape storyline just makes me uncomfortable um yeah and it never did it never did before it's just something that this time bothered me um but i also do love that because of it we get the line my daughter does not get raped in blue bay (laughs) (laughs) that's an amazing line like she's like like not in blue bay there's there's something about that that's hilarious to me but yeah the um it just it just makes me a little uncomfortable yeah, I wanna I wanna preface this by saying that I do like this movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I like a lot about this movie, but you can absolutely tell that this movie was written and directed by men. Yeah, yeah, that's true. This movie is fascinated with Denise Richards. Mm-hmm. It's fascinated with her body and her boobs, whether they be fake or not, which they are. Um, but they're fascinated with her in this movie. Mm-hmm. And even when she dies and she's dead and she's lying there with bullet holes in her chest, she's just wearing a bra. Well, well, and it it makes me wonder. I mean, it probably would have been different if Nev Campbell could have been nude, right? Like, mm. they it wouldn't have been so focused on Denise Richards, I don't think. Yeah. But it's yeah, still but, obviously made by men. Yeah. I mean, Nev Campbell didn't want to go naked. So good for her. It's you know, it's like she didn't have. I mean, Denise Richards didn't really have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the, the nude scene's not necessary. Well, I I think it was written in like I think that Nev Campbell couldn't do nudity because of Party of Five. Like mm. that actually kept her. Like I don't know if she would have done the nudity or not, but um, there was a con- contract like in her Party of Five contract that said she couldn't do nudity in anything else while she was. Mm. Which I thought was interesting. Uh, the whole the whole line about rape thing isn't ideal. And I'll just change one of my problems around. I'll swatch, switch one of my problems around. I'll, I'll, this is my third problem, but it sort of goes to what you're saying. Um, so my first problem is now, why would, why would you put yourself through any of this just for money? For Sam, why would you let yourself get accused, beat up and ostracized just for that? Why, and for the women, why would you put yourself through, like, faking um, being raped just for that? I mean, it's not like they're sticking around. They're planning on running off anyway. So what does it matter? Like I know, but it's but it's still, I mean, it's still, like, your hometown, not for Sam, but for, like, for your hometown, for you to be known for that, and then you're now you're dead, and that's your legacy there. You know, you must be, like, really deeply fucked in the head to not give a shit about that sort of thing. I mean, some people want money. Like, that's 
so important to them and it's let me put it this way then right they're doing it all for an audience they're acting for us mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem natural to me like when kevin bacon is talking to jimmy someone else called jimmy in a movie woo at least this one isn't a, a an attempted rapist mm-hmm. like jimmy and howard the duck but when he's talking to jimmy and he tells jimmy to go away because he's found the blood and the tooth he is acting as though he's not involved right because right. we don't know at that point that he's involved but when jimmy's not there he's like shaking his head and like oh my god this is terrible sort of thing that's for our benefit mm-hmm. and that's what that's what bothers me about movies like this that have got twists it's like the characters are constantly acting for the benefit of an audience that is watching not always for the, the other character's benefit. Maybe he's acting in case Jimmy looks back. But he's he's looking away from Jimmy. Jimmy can't see his oh, face yeah, I don't know. if Jimmy looks back. Well, that leads into my second problem. My second problem is when um, Denise Richards washes his car. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he's in the house actually looking for the coupon. And she comes in. Why, do, why is he looking for the coupon? Like, that was just an excuse. Yeah. Like that, because I do look for those things in these kind of movies and on TV shows, like where are they messing up, like where it's something they're doing just to fool us, but that's not what they would be doing for real, you know? And that's mm-hmm. one of those things, him looking for that coupon. Um, it's a little thing, but it bothered me. But I'm also really impressed that this movie doesn't have a lot more of that. Yeah. Like I was trying to keep track throughout, like what conversations are unnecessary or I don't know, whatever. And there really weren't that many things that happened, um, which is impressive. Like this is a pretty tight movie considering how many twists there are. Yeah. But yeah, it bothered me. He was looking for the coupon. <laughs> like, cause we're supposed to be thinking that he's so innocent right there and that she's coming in to seduce him, mm-hmm. but like they're in on it together. So I don't know. Yeah. I know. His reaction there, I don't like. Whose benefit is that for? For ours. Yeah. This imaginary audience. So my second problem is nobody is likable in this. <laughs> I mean, I like Susie. there's nobody really... Uh, <laughs> I like Susie. She's not a good person. No. I, I guess this is in the unrated version. And it's probably good that they cut this because it makes things too complicated. But I read some mm. trivia that I thought was really interesting. Susie's ulterior motive for using Sam Lombardo and Kelly to steal the money was revealed in a scene in the unrated version. Uh, her grandmother reveals to the detective that Susie is actually Sandra Van Ryan's half-sister and Kelly's aunt because Kelly's grandfather had a relationship with Susie's mother and got her pregnant. But after he abandoned Susie and her mother, the mother drank herself to death. With this revelation, that means Susie is the rightful heiress to Sandra Van Ryan's wealth in money, not Kelly. And Kelly and Susie have technically committed incest. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Now that I mean, in the unrated version, now there's incest. You, I understand her reasons for wanting to um, screw over the others, but with Kelly, it's kind of like, is she just screwing over because she's a rich bitch, or like, what is it? Just she's collateral damage because she's the one with the money. Yeah, but like that gives a reason for her doing that the way it is just now it turns out that even though kelly's not really a good person she's still sort of the innocent in this Mm. like denise richard's character just turns out to be just someone who just wants money and to screw over her mother because she hates her mother Mm. but her mother's a bitch so it's like yeah screw over your mother Mm. and get money off her your mother is 
terrible, terrible human being. So you do that. You get your money that you're owed. But then she gets murdered. (laughs) And she didn't have to get murdered because Sam didn't even want her killed, which I kind of like. I like the fact that that even though Sam is a terrible human being, he didn't want any harm to come to anyone. He he just wanted the money and to get the fuck out of Dodge. He didn't want Kelly to get murdered. He didn't want Susie to get murdered. So when he murders Ray, it is kind of like, yeah, good on you. You know, he he, he, he murdered Kelly, who is probably the innocent mm-hmm. in this, because she just wanted the money. And she got fucked over by everyone. Yeah, now you're making me feel really sorry for her. Yeah. I do feel really sorry for her. I do still like Susie, though. But I understand they're not likable. They're not likable people. This whole thing that now it's added into the unrated version that that she has more motivation for it. I mean, doing that would make sense. Putting that in would make sense. Mm. It'd make more sense than just that she's just wanting the money. Now it's she's wanting money that's owed to her. Why not just do, like, a parental test type thing and then kill the mother? <laughs> I mean, the mother just vanishes from the movie. Yeah, but she's also wanting revenge on the two men. Yeah, she could have done it in another way. But the whole incest thing was just... Yeah, I'm glad they got rid of that. Yeah. (laughs) But I am looking forward to watching the unrated version, although it may be a while before I watch it because I just watched the... I say that. You know how many times I watched Endgame last year? Like, I I need to Mm. to stop with the idea that I need to wait a while between viewings because I clearly haven't been doing that lately considering I watched the menu like four times in several weeks. Well, right, I watched the menu. I liked the movie and the performances are great. And it's got some really good pitch pitch black humour in it. Mm. I really enjoyed it. It's not a horror movie. And I'm seeing it like everywhere that it's getting advertised as being a horror movie. Mm. And it's even getting like uh nominated for horror movie awards and stuff. But it's it's not it's not a horror movie like at all. It's a good movie and it's a dark comedy, but it's not a horror movie. And it's not quite thriller or suspense that's the thing people don't know what to do with it you know what i mean like i remember working at a video store and every once in a while there'd be a movie where you're like i don't know where this belongs like i don't know where fight club belongs does it belong in Mm -hmm. comedy like some people put it in drama but that's not quite right it's not quite action like where does it go almost famous is another one where you could I mean, if you put it in comedy, I wouldn't blame you, but drama is maybe where mm. it goes. Like, there, there's a lot of movies like that. And the menu, it's kind of like, it is a dark comedy, ultimately, but, like, mm-hmm. you don't think of comedy immediately when you think of no. it. And um, no. that's why I always felt like there should be a dark comedy section <laughs> in movie stores. Yeah. Because, like, that's where, like, Fight Club, I think, would maybe go. That's where I think American Beauty would go. Mm-hmm. It's but you look at them in the comedy section and they don't seem like they quite fit. The menu is on Disney Plus here, mm-hmm. and because you know as we have all sorts of stuff in Disney Plus because we don't have Hulu. Yeah, your Disney Plus is crazy. Yeah, I think Fight Club's even in there. Well, I was I was about to say the worst thing we have is Jessica Jones, but then I remembered they put the Deadpool movies on there. Yeah, it's on there, but it's under horror and and Disney Plus, and it's just not it's not horror. It's a great movie. It really is. I mean, some of the performances are fantastic, and I just it was it, I was gripped by it, but I wouldn't say it was a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what is your third problem? Did you say your second? Oh, your second was they're not likable. Yeah. Okay, my third problem is let's see. 
I'm looking at my notes and there was one that was just like so tiny. Like I'm not going to count it as my third problem, but it was just like Denise Richards gets out of the pool and she has her towel and she's just like dabbing her arms with the towel. Mm. Like that's not going to, that's not how you get dry girl. Like (laughs) it was so dainty. She was just like daintily. That's how you get rash. Yeah. It it was so weird. Anyway, um, I have a note that says student teacher, but I'm going to just get into, I guess, really, um, and Dylan and I were talking about this last night about how conflicted we are about people in their 20s playing teenagers. Yeah. Um, Because you can do movies like, like, you couldn't do a movie like this if they hired actual, like, 16, 17 year olds to play these characters, right? And it would be too no. icky to watch. Like, the student teacher thing, it's totally inappropriate, but- Mm-hmm. I feel I mean I'm thinking about it now as like a 41 year old woman but growing up like I didn't think of it as like as like icky as I should the whole teacher and student thing because mm-hmm. Denise Richards just looks so old yeah also when she was 27 I think she was 27 also when you're a teenager watching something like this like teenagers think they don't understand grooming and stuff and uh mm. you're like oh I'm in total control of everything so this would be fine mm-hmm. it's it's cool that we can have movies like this because this is a cool movie like and it it wouldn't work as well if they weren't high school students if they weren't teenagers but then it's also like the idea that it makes it seem like i think it gives us this idea that a lot of things are okay for teenagers to do yeah because our experience is them in movies and on tv where they're older Mm -hmm. and i think that's how a lot of us tend to picture them and so you might read a news story about something similar to this like an affair with a teacher and a student and not take it as seriously as it should be because pop culture has made it seem okay yeah i don't know it I get I I I'm so conflicted about having older people play teenagers. Mm-hmm. There's something about like if they're in high school and they're, especially if they're still minors that a guidance counselor is supposed to be like more of a parental figure maybe like mm-hmm. that they are they are entrusted with with their teachers and their counselors or whatever by the parents to like look after them and and be appropriate. What's your third problem? Um, well, it's technically my first problem because I switched them around. So we're going back to the beginning of the movie. And my f- my next problem is the opening title font. <laughs> I hate the font. <laughs> it's like the name, the title, and then it's the, the, the names. It's all in this sort of weird sort of font. That looks, I think it's supposed to look like a wild animal. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't like it. Okay. And also, if we're going to talk about that, let's just talk about the opening credit sequence in general. Mm-hmm. It's not needed. Yeah. It's not needed because nothing happens. It's just showing you where the movie's set and it's showing you alligators and shit. And it's like, we don't really need... To- You're saying that as someone who lives in a world where we don't have t- uh, title sequences like that anymore. Like, not often, not in movies and not on TV even. Mm-hmm. And back then, that's just what they did. No, that's fine. And that's understandable. And sometimes... I don't mind titles happening at the beginning of the movies, but give us something happening mm-hmm. during the, the credits. Show us people in the school mm-hmm. when it's happening. But yeah, it's, I just like the fun. I'm so <laughs> clueless that this time I was watching it and I'm seeing like, you know, there's all these shots of different animals and stuff. And I'm like, oh, because they're wild things. That never occurred to me before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then the font makes it look like that. The font's supposed to be like animals and... I just don't like it. <laughs> right. So, what is your positive then? My positive is something I think you don't like. I like the idea 
of filling in the holes in the credits. I like mm. this movie had so many twists and turns. If they were to explain everything to us in the movie, like how mm. the ways they would have to do that would be it would just be like such exposition heavy scenes and it it would take me out of it like i i anything with twists it like somebody's got a monologue a whole thing and that's boring and i love the fact that like the movie's over and you're like wait how did this work and then you get your answers i i like it right well can i can i argue against that um, if you must <laughs> um I don't think they're needed. I, I think the only one we actually needed to see was the Bill Murray reveal. I don't think we needed to see her blackmailing him. I don't think we needed to see her taking her own teeth out. Because I got all that. I got everything that that during the movie that I didn't need to see that happen. I need that shit. And I also think you're, I mean, and we've talked about this before, that like you and I, when we're watching movies, God, I feel like such an asshole when I say these things because it sounds... Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm smarter than everyone, but we are savvier viewers. Mm-hmm. We figure things out and we are able, like, you know, I'm able to fill in holes even when the writer didn't intend for it, just because that's how my brain works. And if there's anything I've learned, especially like working at like a video store and stuff, people don't get this shit. That's not how most people watch movies. And mm-hmm. they need these explanations. But I love it because I love seeing that Susie started the whole thing. She orchestrated the whole thing. I like seeing, like, exactly what happened with Kevin Bacon and Kelly. Yeah, but I, I, I just, just don't think we needed that, though. Because once we discover that he's involved, mm-hmm. it just clicked in my head. Or, oh, yeah, right, so he killed her on purpose. And then it's also said that he killed her on purpose because... Sam says you didn't have to kill her. That wasn't part of the plan. Mm-hmm. You just did that because you're an arse. I didn't need that filled in. I, I I, had it. I had it towards the end of the movie that the reveal that Susie was alive and that it was her that orchestrated it all, that was all great. The only one I needed was Bill Murray turning up and giving her the money. Mm-hmm. That was great. That's the only bit I needed. I literally always forget Bill Murray's in this movie. Every single time I yeah, watch yeah, this yeah. movie, I see his name in the credits and I'm like, oh, Bill Murray's in this Every time. And I'm wondering, since I have talked about it now, because I talked about it right here, and then I talked about it with Dylan, I'm like, am I still going to forget the next time I watch it? The one I forget is Robert Wagner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he shows up, and he's an arsehole, and then he disappears. So he's the one I forget in the movie. I, I appreciate that you that you like the, the, the credit scenes and that, but I just don't think we needed all of them. You know, there's there's one that was actually cut out. So I, I just don't think we need all of that. I think that's given us too much. I think that is spoon feeding us too much. Well, the the great thing about that particular problem you have with it is that it since it's not part of the like movie movie, like you could just turn the credit turn it off of the credits and skip it. And it it's yeah. it's less annoying than something that's like in the movie that you're forced to watch. You know what I mean? Right. But you still need the bow you don't need the bow Murray, but but the bow Murray part is still the movie. It's still that's part true. of the actual that's movie because it's a continuation of what has happened. But you can still just assume she got the money. No, I know. But then you can still you can you can still assume that she was the the mastermind because we know she was the mastermind. You don't need to see her 
You don't need to see her, like, putting everything in place. We don't need that, because we know she did it. I think I did. I think that if if they didn't have those scenes, I would have some questions about the movie. So, and I do think, like, I've watched enough things like this that I would assume that she pulled her teeth out or that he pulled her teeth out. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if you don't watch enough of this kind of shit, you might not necessarily come to that conclusion. And you might be like, why were the teeth there? I think, if anything, it's it's just ensuring that viewers don't end up too confused. Yeah, but I got it. Yeah, but cause you're smarter. You're smarter than a lot of viewers. Well, I don't think that's necessarily true. I'm not, I'm not great at, like, murder mysteries and stuff, so... But yeah, it's, I don't know. But thanks for the compliment. Yeah, it's, I mean, one of the reasons I feel comfortable saying it about myself is because I don't think I'm necessarily smarter than people in any other, any other like more important way. But when it comes to watching this kind of stuff, yeah, I'm because you watch a I'm lot. Just a little yeah. savvier about it. Like I, mm-hmm. it's not like I think other people are stupid. I just think that I just watch things differently than other people because it is yeah. like you know they do these focus groups. And stuff like that. And people clearly do get confused and have problems figuring things out. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to have that stuff there, if anything, for other people. Like, occasionally I'll be watching a TV show or movie and I'll be like, why did they do that? I don't need that. And then it's like, well, you know what? Some people might. Mm -hmm. But I actually did need it for this movie. I just don't think that we needed that at all. But if you you feel as though that you needed it, then that's fair. That's fair enough. Um, but I, I, I just think that the Bill Murray bit was all we really needed. I guess I was thinking of it kind of like end credit scenes that like, if you don't like them, you can just turn off the movie and keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what's your what's your positive? Okay, right. So Sam is driving mm-hmm. and he gets run off the road. Uh, and the guy who runs him off the road who disappears as well, he comes back in like briefly, but mm-hmm. I don't know, he's... The boyfriend of the mother yeah. or some shit, I don't know. He goes up and um, follows him into the water and beats him up. Mm-hmm. And the camera pans away, it cuts away to uh, an alligator. Mm-hmm. An alligator's just sitting there, just, you know, just like, what the hell's going on? But then there's a, a sudden cutaway to a raccoon in a tree. It's got like this shocked expression in its face <laughs> because it's, it doesn't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. This man getting beaten up. And I loved that. <laughs> I laughed my head off. I didn't even what? notice that. That is such a weird positive. <laughs> I know, but it was a weird moment in the movie. It's just this random cutaway to this raccoon watching a man get beat up. And then it fades out on the raccoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, why the fuck is that there? But I loved it so much that that is my positive. All right. Um, <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. I didn't notice it. It was amazing. And I don't know why it was there. It's just random raccoon, just like, huh? Who's the man getting beaten up? But yeah, the acting's good too, so there you go. Yeah. Okay, I'll say this. The thing that made me realize what a good movie it was, uh, the last time I watched it over a decade ago, was that I had always felt like Matt Dillon's acting was really bad. Right. But when I watched it last time, what I noticed was the scenes where he's acting bad are the scenes where the character is acting, mm-hmm. which is so smart. Yeah. Like, he's not bad in the other scenes. It's that his character is bad at this lying. And that's, um, I was just like, oh, that's genius. Yeah. That's that's really, that's really, sm- like, that makes him a much better actor than I thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do have uh, stupid IMDb trivia. 
which I haven't had in a while. I love it. Are you ready for this? Yes. This is really important information to know about this movie. I'm strapped in, Jen. Both Matt Dillon and Denise Richards are left-handed. <gasps> Why? Fucking hell. And I and I read that to Dillon and he was like, well, they are both bad guys. And I'm like, yeah, it'd be interesting if all the bad guys were left-handed. Yeah. But I don't need to know that, you, you know, the only, the only left-handed trivia I've ever heard that is interesting to me is that one of the Olsen twins is right-handed and one is left-handed. Yeah. Well, they are just the same person, just split in two, so. That's not right. Yeah. One's left-handed, one's right-handed. That's how it works. Anyway. Uh, See? It's like this, and then they're just split. Another <laughs> another uh, note I have is I just really liked what uh, Robert Ebert, Roger Ebert had to say. He's, he gave the, the film three stars out of four, praising McNaughton's directing and plot twists. He described it as lurid trash with a plot so twisted they're still explaining it during the closing titles. It's like a three-way collision between a softcore sex film, a soap opera, and a B-grade noir. I liked it. There you go. But then there, this one I had problems with. In the Washington Post, Dustin Howe described the film as clearly a crock, and although it may not have a single redeeming feature... Um, it doesn't have a dull moment either. Well, then wouldn't that be a redeeming feature? That's a redeeming feature, yeah. That's not very smart of him. What an idiot, <laughs> man. That is one of the stupidest <laughs> things I've ever read in a review. I am <laughs> dead serious. Because that is a redeeming quality. He was, he was, even though he didn't like the movie, he was entertained by this movie. There was, it was always interesting. Yeah. That is the redeeming, like, that, that makes it not as bad. Mm-hmm. But do you want to know what made me want to do this movie for the podcast? What? I kind of hadn't thought about it in a while. And then there was an article I saw a couple weeks ago. I forget where it was, like Entertainment Weekly or something, um, mm-hmm. where it was talking about how um, Kevin Bacon and Matt Dillon were supposed to have a sex scene. Yeah. But that one of the actors didn't want to do it. Now, in the trivia and stuff, you see, like, Kevin Bacon says, unfortunately, the financiers didn't like the idea of men making out. They felt it went too far. They felt it wasn't right. But then this article was like, one of the actors just didn't want to do it. Yeah. There were two quotes from them. Like, it wouldn't say which actor didn't want to do it. But Kevin Bacon only had positive things to say about it. It was just that the financiers didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It was clear Matt Dillon was not okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he, and, like, it's so funny because things have changed so much now because... Now, I think if you had a sex scene between two men in a movie, if the actor didn't want to do it, they would just replace the actor. But back then, it was like if an actor didn't want to do it, then they just didn't do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't even necessarily think it would have like improved the movie at all, but it definitely would have made the scenes with the two girls seem less gratuitous to me. But as as like one twist too many. Yeah. But yeah, it would have been interesting, like, even if we just got a, like a line maybe mm-hmm. or just see them lying in bed well yeah there was a scene where they're just like in the shower i think that i think they might have filmed i'm not sure yeah um and like nothing happens but they're just taking a shower together yeah during the court scene bill murray says uh did that make you mad Susie?" but to me it sounds like he's saying sydney <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way he says it it sounds like he says sydney and i rewound it back a few times on the DVD, and it still sounds like Sydney. Never noticed very that. Good. Um, my final note is, hey, the word cunt. Mm-hmm. Because someone says cunt. So that's my final note. I still have two more notes. One's not important, one is important. Go for it. The cell phones. Especially at one point, Jeff Perry uh, answers his cell phone, and it is so huge. It's like a flip phone, and it's huge. And I love it. Yeah. Um, that's always fun in like your movies from the late 90s. Mm-hmm. 
But the other thing, the other note, I feel so stupid. This is part of my first problem. I didn't even get into it. I kind of forgot about it. Is the idea that like the female detective is the one that doesn't believe Denise Richards. Yeah. And in a world where, you know, we're like, believe the woman. Like it's, it's so weird to me that she's the only one that's suspicious. Like it's, and maybe it's better because maybe it's better that it's the woman who's like, you know, using her intuition or whatever, but like, it's not realistic at all. <laughs> like I'm, the men would not be the ones believing it. The woman would be the one believing it. Absolutely. It just, that was when I first had the feeling that I felt kind of uncomfortable with it. Like the, it's one of those things where like, we're watching it and we have to decide at this point, we have to decide whether or not we believe her. Yeah. So for the audience, it makes sense that, that this woman would be questioning it because we suspect she's lying. And of course, later she is. Um, So it works for the movie. But then I'm just thinking, but in real life, that would be fucking terrible. Mm. That would be awful. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of things that work for the movie and obviously work for the premise. But like, if you think about them in <laughs> just like more of a real world sense, it's really upsetting. Yeah. Which I know we're not supposed to do that, but we live in a different time where we, like, if this came out now, there would be so many think pieces about this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is. There is. Um, there's lots of stuff online with people that are, some people that are still fans of it and some people have turned against mm. it over time. But but there's still always the reasoning, like, this was 1998, so it's different. Yeah. Like, if it came out now, that that's a different, like, extreme thing. You have a place to know, Jen. That this movie wasn't nominated for any Razzies. Nice. <laughs> because it was the year of Armageddon, Space World, Godzilla, the Psycho remake, Barney's Great Adventure, uh, and an Alan Smithy film, Burn Hollywood Burn. Okay. Oh, and the Avengers. Yeah, the Uma Thurman. The Uma Thurman Avengers. Uh, but yeah, so no Razzies for this movie. Is that all your notes? Um. Yeah, I feel like I had thought of something else to say, but I don't remember what it was. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, next week, I have decided... Oh! Surprise, surprise! Oh, no, can't... Oh, you just reminded me. I know what I was going to say. I just wanted to point out, we realized last week you said this was the 98th episode, and I picked a movie from 98, and that was an accident. Yeah. And, unfortunately, 99 is out of your window, or else I would have made you pick something yeah. from 1999. Yeah, I would have... I happily picked something from 1999 but it's out of my window mm -hmm. so i i yeah um but i'm picking something from 1990 okay so at least it's still the 90s <laughs> um and obviously it's an action movie and we are going to dive into the world of jean-claude van damme for uh the first time okay and and we're going to cover the movie death warrant okay from 1990 i've picked it because it's ninety minutes long. Nice. Um, so <laughs> nice. I've picked I've picked the shortest one I can find for your first foray into Jean Claude Van Damme movies. Yeah, all I've ever seen is JCVD. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. such a weird. But that's that's that is a weird one to start <laughs> off with. Yeah, but but this this is one of his first ones, and uh, but yeah. I'll tell you what, that new Super Mario Brothers movie is cute, but one of its best qualities is that it's 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I love a 90-minute movie. I've heard that's a fun movie, yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. It was just, it was nice to see something short, especially since we saw it on a weeknight, because um, Xander was so excited about it. He was like, I want to see it as soon as possible. I want to see it opening night. And I was like, we can go see it Thursday, because um, normally we would have seen it 
like on a Saturday afternoon. But yeah, yeah, we went to go see it on a weeknight and I probably wouldn't have let him do that if it was like two hours long. No. Uh, so anyway, Death Warrant from 1990, uh, San Jean-Claude Van Damme, and it's on um, HBO Max because I've checked. Okay. Uh, so that's all we have time for. The website is shiftybench.co.uk. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Where can people find you online, Jen? I'm uh, at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter, and I never tweet, but if you tweet at me, I will respond. Yeah, excellent. So thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.